not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. You are listening to uh, KBLA Talk 1580, and we are delighted about that. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. In this half hour, it turns out that April is not only Black Women's History Month, but it's also Financial Literacy Month and Celebrate Diversity Month. Whole lot going on in April. Did you know all that? Uh, I did not even know that all of that was happening in the month of April. It's a busy month. Uh, Eris Scales, a black woman, uh, is an executive at the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust. uh, And she's founding president of the D.C. chapter of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women. Uh, Pleased to have her for a conversation now about the impact and importance of black women holding positions in predominantly important positions such as herself, holding these uh, positions in predominantly white industries and what that ultimately does for our democracy. Eric Scales, good to have you on the program. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm well. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. Uh, it's a tough day around here. We are we are um, saddened by the loss of uh, our dear friend and brother, Harry Belafonte, uh, and so we spent uh, the first hour of today's program in tribute to him. And by the way, if you missed that first hour, uh, we will do an entire hour tomorrow, tomorrow in the third and final hour of our program. That's the 11 a.m. hour Pacific time, uh, 2 o'clock on the East Coast, um, 1 o'clock Central. Tomorrow in our third and final hour, a tribute for the full hour uh, to Harry Belafonte, who was a dear friend and brother of mine who I interviewed many, many times over the course of my career in his life. And so tomorrow a lot of... Um, audio, uh, a lot of audio clips and uh, great memories and um, some guests I'm sure calling in tomorrow in our final hour uh, to celebrate the life and legacy of Harry Belafonte. So other than that, Eris Scales, uh, which is a, uh, a bit shocking to wake up to this morning, I am doing well. As I said, I, mm-hmm. if I complained, I'd, I'd be an ingrate. But I'm glad to have you on. Let me hasten to get to what I want to talk to you about in the time that we have between now and the top of the hour here. Um, for those who are not familiar with the work of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, Inc., Tell me about the organization and, and, and the work that they set out to do every day. Oh, absolutely. So the National Co- first and foremost, thank you so much for having this opportunity uh, to join and to talk about the work of NCBWDC, but also about the great work we're doing at NARI. Uh The National Association of 100 Black Women is really, uh, you know, frontline, grassroots, volunteer-based organization of dynamic women uh, who are looking to amplify and advocate uh, in the areas of education, economic empowerment, and health, uh, on behalf of Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 why, in a moment such as this, is the ongoing nature of that work so important as you see it? I think, with uh, you know, if we step back, um, many of these organizations, right, were formed at a time when um, there were so many things that were happening politically, socially, economically. Uh, and even though we're decades, and in some cases centuries later, uh, we still see some of those same problems persisting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so having organizations that are led by, formed by, supported by women who know the, the impact and who know the opportunities that black women can bring to our economy and our country is powerful. Um, we have so much work still to do. Yeah. And that's why it's critical that we keep chipping away every single day. Uh, and we do that by advocacy. Uh, we do that by investing money back into our community. Uh, and we do that by mentoring and working as a collective across the country. Yep. And there are, to your point, so many industries in which uh, there is a lack of diversity and representation, specifically when it comes to the role 
that black women can play and for that matter other underrepresented groups and you're in one of those industries where uh, black women are frankly mm -hmm. uh, underrepresented uh, the real estate industry tell me more about that since that's what you do every day every single day and let me tell you i love it Tavis. i love it i wake up excited um, and I wake up full of optimism in terms of what we can accomplish. Um, there is no question that the commercial real estate industry is dominated by white men. Uh, but specifically within the, the niche of that commercial real estate industry that I work, which are REITs, uh, which stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. And most people don't even realize that a REIT even exists. And one of the things that I love to really amplify when it comes to REITs is that this is really an opportunity, we say, for Americans to own the country, right? This is a way that we can invest uh, into the real estate industry, and it's a way that we can create generational wealth. So when I think about why I'm in this role, what keeps me going in this role, it is really so that more black people, more marginalized and underrepresented people understand the power and the opportunities of commercial real estate. And we now have a time where we have leaders within this industry who are understanding and recognizing their responsibility, right, their role in helping us to close some of these um, gaps by way of equity uh, and inclusion in this space. And so I'm looking to create a pipeline of talent, uh, looking to create a pipeline of suppliers, looking to create a pipeline of board members to serve on uh, these REIT boards and commercial real estate. And if not now, then when? We have great momentum that's happening, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. When you say serve on these REIT boards, uh, let's talk a bit more about that right now. Um, again, to your point about serving, uh, finding more people who look like you uh, and me to serve on these mm -hmm. REIT boards. Uh, tell me more right quick. Well, you know, what, again, people don't realize is that with REITs, they are publicly traded companies. Uh, not all of them, but the ones that we represent for the most part are publicly traded companies. So that means they are on the stock exchange. Mm -hmm. And when you have a company that is traded on the stock exchange, or uh, you have a company that has uh, shareholders, there's, you know, certain expectations that come with that now, right? We are evolving um, as a country where we want to see diverse representation. We want to know how businesses are spending their money with businesses. We want to know how they're treating their employees. And so one of the areas that we've been leaning in on is making sure that our members, that the REIT industry, the commercial real estate industry, also has access to amazing talent and leaders that can be great voices and advocates on their board of directors. Um, so governance is a critical piece, right, in terms of how our businesses function, how they are making profit, how they make decisions, where they're investing resources, you know, which projects and opportunities to pursue. And so having our voice at those tables, um, making sure that we have people prepared to be in those roles, but just as importantly, that our members know where they can find that talent uh, is super critical. You know, someone told me once before, actually it was one of the, the national presidents of uh, the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, a past president, Michelle um, Emery, mm -hmm. that if we aren't at the table, then we're on the menu. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that we are at the table. And I feel honored, honestly, being in this role because I am at the table. Um, I do have an opportunity to be of influence and to be a voice 
um, of reason. Again, April is uh, Black Women's History Month, and throughout the month we're talking to a variety of black women doing all kinds of great work in a variety of fields and human endeavors. And in this hour, we're talking to Eris Scales, uh, who, as you can tell, is in the real estate industry uh, and one of the, uh, the the founding president, in fact, of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, uh, the D.C. chapter. Um, uh, let me just back up for a second here. Um, to the extent mm-hmm. that to the extent that black people have any relationship with real estate, uh, that is to say, owned real mm. est- uh, owned real estate, to the extent we have any relationship with real estate, it tends to be, as you well know, a residential relationship, not a commercial mm-hmm. relationship. Um, I, I don't want to color this question too much, but what are the distinct differences between our relationship as black people writ large with residential real estate versus commercial real estate? Uh, excellent question. And that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about this role. I will be very honest, right? (laughs) I bought my first property at about 22 years old, and it was because I was told that's what I should do. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know what I was getting into, right? You want to make money, you want to accumulate wealth. We saw that other people bought property. That's what we should do. Um, And I think for those of us who even have these conversations or even begin to get into real estate, that's usually where we start, right? We're not having the conversations around commercial real estate, of which even with the REITs, there's 13 different sectors that fall under that, like data centers, timber, um, you know, retail, housing. So there's all these different sectors that we don't even know about. So the more that we can be educated and exposed, the more that we can understand how to to read a pro forma, um, how to go about making investments and understanding what our returns on those investments look like and what risks are, uh, the better we are prepared to be able to venture out from what we just know as a baseline. And that's why the work that we're doing is so important. We have amazing partners like Project Destin, um, the Real Estate Executive Council, who are all working to help us with kind of that exposure and that pipeline development. You know, we're hosting um, ongoing educational series and webinars. We have a conference that's coming up, and I'll share more about that. But it's that exposure piece that is critical that we don't typically have those conversations, and we're not typically exposed to those careers, so we don't even know what that looks like or what that means. April, once again, is uh, Black Women's History Month, and when we come forward, I guess in this hour, Eris Scales, I want to ask her, uh, about her thoughts on the symbolism, as it were, of real estate ownership, which we were just discussing, the symbolism of real estate ownership and how it intersects with the experiences of black women as both property owners and historically disenfranchised communities. We'll get to that in a bit more when we come forward with Eric Scales, who you're listening to right now on KBLA Talk 1580. Be sure to like and follow Tavis Smiley at The Real Tavis Smiley. I get Twitter updates. At Tavis Smiley, the conversation continues when we come forward. Forward. Council. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. You do indeed belong here. We're glad to have you here. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. She is Eris Scales, and uh, she's an executive, a black woman, powerful executive at the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust. They call it uh, NERIT. Uh, she's also uh, one of the founders of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, Inc. in uh, D.C., uh, and we're honored to have her on in this uh, hour as we celebrate uh, April as Black Women's History Month, and we're talking to a variety of black women. We, we, do, we do all the time. 
time, but in this month especially, we're talking to a variety of black women uh, in uh, various fields of human endeavor, and we're delighted to have Eris Scales with us in this hour. Right quick, Eris, I'm watching my time here. I, I mentioned that I wanted to get your take on the symbolism uh, of um, real estate ownership and how it intersects with the experiences of black women specifically as both property owners and historically disenfranchised communities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is, I think, one of the... Uh, it's tough. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of stumbling for a while. It is really tough, you know. Um, black women traditionally across the country uh, are owning homes at a lower percentage and a lower rate than black men even, uh, than our white peers. And again, this is something that we've been told is our pathway to helping to create generational wealth, to helping to create additional income as we look towards retirement. Mm -hmm. And so as we see uh, the escalating prices with uh, the interest rate, as we see the housing costs continue to rise, we continue to see black women being pushed out from these home ownership opportunities um, unequivocally. When I think about the industry that I'm in, in terms of REITs and what REITs offer, the more that we know and the more that we're exposed, the more that we can start to consider what are ways that we can acquire and own uh, real estate here in this country. And maybe it looks differently now than what we thought it traditionally looked like. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can educate and inform for me, black women, on how to make wise investment uh, decisions. And REITs have outperformed uh, by way of investments against other stocks and other types of investments year over year, even in these kind of economic downturns. So the more that we can educate and inform them and expose them to ways to invest their hard-earned money uh, into other opportunities to acquire and own real estate, build up equity, and then continue to pursue opportunities when the market stabilizes or maybe when the interest rates drop. Um, but home ownership and, and real estate ownership, unequivocally, we know is a clear path, a clear path with the right circumstance, <laughs> with mm -hmm. the right financing, uh, you know, and the right opportunities to really create wealth for our people. And that is what makes me so excited mm -hmm. about being here is that there's just an enormous amount of opportunity there. Okay. Um, to that point uh, about an enormous amount of opportunity, when we come forward in our remaining moments with uh, Eric Scales, um, I want to challenge this notion of opportunities um, with the following. We all have seen these stories time and time again, far too often, where a uh, black company, a black family rather, tries to sell, uh, black black family, come on, Tavis, black family tries to mm -hmm. sell their home uh, and they get quoted one mm -hmm. price for it. Uh, then they, they, they de-black right. de the house, <laughs> put some white folk out front, uh, uh, and then the value goes up uh, double, uh -huh. triple, right? Uh, I'm, I'm wondering when we come forward right here or whether or not there are the same kinds of barriers to black folk getting in or selling in the commercial real estate space. We'll get an answer to that. And a few more things before we wrap our conversation in a moment with Aris Scales. Appetite. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Eric Scales on KBLA Talk 1580. We've got three minutes left in this hour, three tight minutes here. Eris, I mentioned a moment ago that we all know the stories uh, all too well of black folk who run into difficulties trying to buy or sell, frankly, in the real estate uh, environment, specifically residential. Your expertise is in commercial. Are there the same kinds of barriers on the commercial side? 
you know, there's barriers that exist across the board, and um, we recognize that. And what I will say with regards to, to our industry, you know, it's broad. And so primarily who we represent and who we work with aren't necessarily the ones dictating or setting some of those barriers that mm-hmm. we run into, um, but it doesn't mean that they don't exist. And so, you know, I'm always encouraging um, black families, individuals who own commercial property, who own residential property, who own any kind of property, you know, it's a, this is the long-term game, mm-hmm. right? So you got to hold on to that property. Now, there are situations where you may be forced. We have seen definitely situations. I live in D.C. again, so on the DMV, now, you know, I won't get into it, but there's some states and some counties where your homes appreciate um, and there's others that uh, not necessarily so, right? You run into more challenges when you acquire. And so these are the things that are important um, to educate yourself on, to, to be able to have conversations with, to do your research around when we're making decisions, right? Is it the right time to, to sell? Is it the right time to continue to hold? Is it the right time to maybe think about what uh, – kind of a tenant that we'll have in place. Mm-hmm. And particularly now, as we're seeing um, like office space having a challenging time, we have a lot of, you know, uh, in the industry, but even broadly, more broadly, who are trying to decide and understand what to do with that property. Yep. Um, it's it, a way, right? No, yeah, it's I, a way. So no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, I got 30 seconds left. What advice quickly would you offer to, to black women in particular who are thinking about careers in commercial real estate? Um, thinking about careers in commercial real estate, get educated and get informed. One way to get educated and informed and to, to increase your network, uh, attend our upcoming ReitWorks conference. It's going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, June 27th through the 29th, um, specifically the 28th through the 29th. Um, I want to make sure that more women are um, aware of what the types of job opportunities are, what investors are expecting, uh, what our CEOs are thinking about in this space. You got to know the market. You got to know uh, the clientele that you're looking to serve. And you got to understand what investors are expecting and stakeholders. Eris Scales is uh, the uh, Senior Vice President uh, of Social Responsibility and Global Initiatives at the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust, uh, better known as NAREAP, and she is the founding president of the D.C. chapter of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, Inc. Uh, Eris, thank you for your work and for coming on the program. Good to talk to you. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's my great honor. Hour three of Tavis Smiley, after news, traffic, and sports. On-